Good morning and good afternoon, depending on wherever you at the time of this recording. This is episode 67 of the Restricted Zone Podcast. Now with my fellow calls today, the usual crew. Uh, listen, Kyrie, introduce yourself to the crew, man. Yo, what's going on, fellas? How's it going? Let's get to it. Yes, sir. Johnny, introduce yourself, man. Hello, world. Just Johnny tapping in, baby. You feel me live? Introduce yourself, man. Yo, what's going on, everybody? How y'all doing today? Yes, sir. Greg, introduce yourself. Good to be with you all. All right. We're back with the cast. Uh, basketball, another episode of the NBA basketball, but it's off-season. We're going to talk about some of the off-season moves that's happened. Uh, if you guys haven't checked it out before we dive into this episode, we also talked about the NBA draft, the young generation coming into the league. That was with episode 66 and 65. You can check that in the link inside of the description. It is on Apple and every uh, streaming platform that is available you can think of. So now diving into episode 67, we're still in the off season. We're talking about free agents. Uh, we're talking about guys making the moves for the best, uh, careers to maximize their best chance to win a championship or whatever personal, uh, endeavor these guys had. So I want to swing it to Kyrie. I mean, it's a lot of moves that's been going on. I mean, from DeAndre Aiden staying in Phoenix after the Suns matches the Pacers are offered. We got Contavious Cowell Pope. He agrees to a two year extension with the, I believe the Nuggets. Yoki signs that story deal. Bradley Bill decides to come back. You know, when everyone thought he, sh- I know Live was pissed that he decided to stay with the Wizards, but hey, uh, you can say he set up his life pretty well. Uh, it's a lot. James Harden, you know, the biggest one in my opinion. He took a pay cut with the Sixers, which I think is pretty admirable on his end. He didn't expect him to do that, uh, so it makes me look at him in a, in a better light. I mean, it's a lot to even cover. I mean, Kyrie, just what was some of the most interesting signings in your opinion? And, you know, what were some of the signs you expect to happen, you didn't see, whether you were disappointed, you thought it was questionable? I have three I'm going to tackle real quick off of the rip. Um, One, I'm going to touch on Bradley Bill because I think he was the big fish in this free agency. Um, I definitely did expect him to stay in Washington. And, and how could you blame him? I mean, he became a quarter billionaire pretty much, and he doesn't really – he he got it from not even really having to compete for a playoff spot or really win any notable basketball games for his team. So, I mean, I, I don't see how you can't take that. But that's that's no knock on Bradley Beal, the type of player he is. I just felt like the like, the, the position that team is in right now, even with a more established guy like Chris Hospizinius as your like your wingman, that team is still really young. And uh, you drafted another shooting guard and Johnny Davis out of Wisconsin this past season, who I kind of felt like that was kind of a sign that maybe Bradley Bill might be out of there. Maybe they come to a mutual terms that Bradley Bill might want to go somewhere else that, um, that he could possibly win, but that just wasn't the case. And I could, I could definitely say that surprised me for sure. Um, do I think the Wizards are going to be better than last season? Yes. Do I think they're going to compete for a playoff spot? No, possibly a play in, but I still don't feel like that team is set up or built to, to go deep anywhere. Or even within the five years that they're, that they're together, maybe they can, but I don't know. I just felt like that was kind of a, a questionable decision on Bradley's bill. And as far as like a winning perspective and, and playing for, like I said, playing meaningful games and playing for something at the end of the day. So that's one I wanted to touch on too was the DeAndre Ayton deal because I, de- I honestly didn't expect Phoenix to match, uh, Indiana's, Indiana's offer sheet. I mean, I, I thought it was a done deal. I, uh, I visited in my head as soon as I seen it happen. I, I felt like the Indiana Pacers per- fit perfectly within the, uh, DeAndre's timeline and vice versa. They still have young guys like uh, they traded away Michael Barkley. Yeah, I think they're going to trade away Miles Turner, but you still have guys like Chris Duarte and uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Isaiah Jackson and, and guys like that, O'Shea Brissett, and other young pieces there that can uh, – Tyrese, Tyrese Halliburton, I can't forget him uh, as well. And I feel like they could put it. Uh, they could put together. I felt like they could have put together a nice young team that can compete in the East. Possibly, like almost like immediately. I felt like I just felt like they kind of had that type of structure to them. But uh, even though the Suns were able to get off a deal to get Kevin Durant, like they wanted to, which were, which most likely would have had to include DeAndre Ayton, 
it shocked me that they brought him back because they're not going to be able to trade him until January. And uh, I just felt like there's a lot of friction and a lot of, I just felt like the way the thing, things ended between them at, at the end of the season was like was on a sour note. I felt like DeAndre Ayton got a lot of the blame for Phoenix's failures in the Western Conference Final um, in that seven-game series against the Mavs. When really in that pecking order, he's third behind Devin Booker and Chris Paul, and they didn't play well towards the end either. And they didn't get—I felt like they didn't get as much of that blame or that that fall that, that fall on as much as DeAndre Ayton did. I think it was more publicized also because he had that mishap where Monty, Monty Williams kept him on the bench and he, he didn't play him. And I felt like that was unfair. So that definitely surprised me, them bringing him back. But it seems like they mended that and they're looking to move forward and, and, and try to compete for a championship again. And then lastly, I got to touch on it just because it's my squad. The New York Knicks went ahead and signed Jalen Brunson. Um, four years, just over 100 mil. Do I think he's worth the 100 mil? No, not not. Not at all, not whatsoever, and that's no knock on his game. I mean, he put up a he had a solid he had a solid two seasons these past seasons. He put up like he went from twelve to sixteen points, still put up around I think the same average is about three boards, four dimes, shy efficient from the field and from the three. Jalen Brunson is a solid player, and I feel like he's going to give us a major boost, but he just wasn't worth all that time. And I, I feel like right now he's not worth he wasn't worth all that time, and that maneuvering we did. To clear our space to, to get him, we couldn't really get anything complimentary to go to go along with that to solidify us being a contender. I mean, Isaiah Hartenstein, nothing against some good backup center, and we signed Mitchell Robinson too, but we didn't win last year with, with, with him. So, and we know what his injury history is like, and it's looking like we're trying to go in on Donovan Mitchell now. That remains to be seen. Um, I honestly do hope it happens, but it's got to be for the right, it's got to be for the right price. We can talk about that later, but. Yeah, I, so I, I have mixed emotions on my Knicks and what we did as far as signing Jalen Brunson. Again, I think he's going to give us a, a, a good boost. I think he's going to make things easier for RJ. And I assume Julius Randle is going to be with us come training camp and come the beginning of the season as well. But at the same time, I think he can make things a little bit easier easier for Julius and take the, balls out, the ball out of his hands some more, which we need, and to kind of unstagnate our offense and, and get a smoother flow. So I, I do like those aspects of it. It's just the money and just the – Work we did to get his dad as an assistant coach and and all this other all this other type of political stuff that we we could have focused elsewhere and get, getting Dejounte Murray, which the Atlanta Hawks did. So it's well, I feel like, and I feel like he's the better player. So I just felt like it was it was more things out there which could have put our mind on better than a guy like Jason Brunson, Jalen Brunson, or that would have put us in a better position than a guy like Jalen Brunson. So those are the three three main points that I wanted to hit on as far as like my biggest surprises or disappointments, uh, this free agency. No, that's definitely fair. I mean, Jalen Brunson picking up that massive contract. Uh, uh, it was something that you touched on for me in the act you. I mean, Jalen Brunson and, you know, you answered it, how you think he'll fit on the team and whether he'll help, uh, you guys potentially gaining Donovan Mitchell is definitely something, um, it's definitely somewhat exciting. Would you say that, Kyrie, having a guy like Donovan Mitchell on your crew, pairing him up with Juju? Because that'd be the best player we've had since Carmelo Anthony. Mm. Best high-scoring guard we've had probably since, like, Allen Houston or some guys were throwing names out there like like Walt Frazier, going back that far. Okay. So it's been a while since we've had, a, like, a dynamic guard, a high-scoring guard, a guard that can make plays in the paint and from the perimeter, just bring electricity to the crowd and win big games for us. It's been a while since we had that, so I definitely think it would be exciting. And not only that, but I think he's a perfect fit in the backcourt for Jalen Brunson as well because they both can shoot, they both can create for, for themselves, and Donovan Mitchell is improving his ability to create for others too. So I like the way that fits alongside R.J. Barrett, who can, uh, who, who's getting better at scoring off the ball as well, who's getting better at feeding off of other guys creating plays. So I, I do I do think that's exciting. All right. Well, Johnny, I'm going to swing it to you. Uh, some of the key, uh, key things Kyrie talked about with not only some of the signings the free agency, the free agents have done, some of the moves that happened, uh, one player led to another team, DeJounte Murray going over to the Hawks, uh, some of the trades that have gone through the offseason. Um, also, I know you're going to touch on James Harden. You know, definitely taking a, a, a sizable contract to help enhance the Sixers 
uh, roster so they could give Joel the best chance to, you know, close the opportunity on getting a championship. Just give me your thoughts on the free agency so far. What were some of the things that were questionable to you in terms of the signings or that had you disappointed? Um, I only had one thing that kind of was awkward, but before I get into that, you're right, Colin. I definitely do want to echo what you were talking about. Um, it was definitely a lot of moves in free agency that did uh, pique my interest, and one of which, uh, like you said, DeJounte Murray teaming up with uh, Trey Young. I think that's an awesome pickup. Um, I was actually hoping that our Sixers would have picked him up, like I think last year at some time, where there was rumors going around of him being available. But um, I, I I really like that backcourt uh, for Atlanta. I, that, that was that was that was smooth. I, I'm actually a fan. Um, who else made a good? I like the Timberwolves picking up Rudy Gobert, making a uh, push pushing Carl Anthony Towns to his natural position. Um, that that was pretty interesting to me. And James Harden, this so that what was it like sixty eight point some? I think he's like sixty eight mil, and he's giving the Sixers back. Uh, uh, forget the uh certain amount of lump sum for us to basically you know, help out our roster. I'm not going to say that that's enough to sign a big name player, but we definitely could bulk up our best with that. So I do respect him for that. And that like, there, there was an underrated um, re-signing actually that I'm definitely um, a fan of. The Spurs, they re-signed Keldon Johnson um, to like a four-year contract extension. And um, this kid is, I was very, I was very much a fan of this kid last year. He's coming off a career year he averaged like 17 points and about six boards and he was shooting about 46 percent from the field and about like almost 40 percent from three and I think he became like the second player in the Spurs franchise history to score over a thousand points over 400 boards and he shot over 123s what made over 123s in a season I think the only other player to do that was Kawhi Leonard and that's very impressive to me I was a fan of the Johnson Murray but this kid Keldon Johnson that was an excellent underrated re-signing for the Spurs rebuild situation that they're going through. And, um, yeah, I, I'm definitely a low-key fan of that kid. But, I'm um, fan of him, too. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. he's I, I like that guy. Um, John Wall, I want to speak on that. I, I just want to commend him for making his way back into the league. And I really – I low-key like the Clippers, the team that he's on, for that backcourt with Reggie Jackson. Um, I think Reggie Jackson is an underrated passer. I don't. I, I think he doesn't get enough credit for that because he who do ha, he does have his moments. If you watch Clippers basketball, he does have his moments where he does try to be the hero. But given the situation of the Clippers, they were out with Ka- Kawhi Leonard. I think Paul George came back late, so Reggie did an excellent job of like pushing him into that playing tournament. It was very it was very exciting to watch him. But I think teaming him up with John Wall takes pressure off of him, and you got Kawhi Leonard possibly coming back. I believe along with Paul George, who's coming back healthy. And I think they did, they did have a couple of re-signs. I think they re-signed Zubac as well. So they're comfortable with him in the, in the paint. I think that's a low-key sign. And that's going to put them, I believe, top five in the West. That was a very underrated sign. I'm a fan of that. And with that being said, I've only got one awkward, um, weird, weird pickup. I actually want to touch on the Knicks and picking up Jalen Brunson. Um, I'm not mad at him picking up that contract for over 100 mil because it seems like the NBA was giving out stimulus checks this year. Like, people were just securing a bag this year. A lot of re-signings, a lot of people, a couple of moves, but a lot of people were just securing a bag this year. And I think Jalen Brunson obviously was one of those people. But there was, like, some I, – I, I, they're not talking tampering issues, but there was a it was, it was very interesting how he moved towards the Knicks. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure you guys are aware, like, his, his dad was hired as an assistant coach from the Knicks. And um, I think the Knicks president is a longtime friend of his family, so like his his son is is Jalen Brunson's agent. So I, I don't I don't I'm not going to say that that's tampering, but it's it's just a little weird. I've never seen a pickup like that, and that was very interesting about the influence in that in, in that little pickup. I don't know if the Mavericks are going to be petty about that, but that was pretty interesting to me how that deal happened. I wasn't surprised that he was going to move. But it's the way he moved. That was pretty intriguing to me. Okay. That was some definitely fair. And especially the John Wall one. I mean, that's something, Greg, I want to swing it to you before I swing it to Lodge. So, Greg, you was one of the people that was really hyped about John Wall going to the Clippers. I'm excited for John Wall going to the Clippers. I think the Clippers made themselves into a top five team in the NBA, regardless of East or West, with the accusations. Um, they got a nice bench, too. I think the Clippers have definitely made themselves a force. They contend for the uh, championship. 
obviously they got to build the chemistry as well. But besides that team, what do you think outside the strength of their team the most so far with the free agency signing, uh, moving certain players from their roster to different teams? Just give me your thoughts on that, Greg. Just on just the Clippers offseason moves, or or you could talk about the John Wall um, accusation. I mean, uh, bringing John Wall to the Clippers. You could talk about what other team that you feel like strengthened themselves overall to better uh, add, compete for a title uh, for this upcoming season. Based on yeah. the made. Yeah. Um, no, I think John Wall is a good pickup. I don't really know what John Wall got left in the. In, in the tank in terms of like, you know, uh, his age. And, you know, I think part of the thing that made John Wall a superstar was his speed. And while John Wall isn't the fastest person anymore, I don't think he needs to be at this stage in his career. But, um, I just want to kind of, you just want to see how it fits on the court, how he's able to adapt to a game where like, you know, he's not the primary person with the ball in his hand anymore. Is he able to pick and pop? Is he able to, you know, to to just be what the what the team needs him to be instead of just like doing what he knows how to do best, which in some instances, you know, like in some instances that's kinda like the, the, the downfall of Russell Westbrook, uh, you know, um, at least this past year with, with, with the Lakers. So it could it could go one or two ways and I just have to see it be played out on the court. Um but I think it's a good pickup. Um and I don't see it being um not worth looking into and exploring. Um, I, in terms of like other deals that I thought was really important, you know, for me, I, I really appreciated the fact that the Sixers decided to, uh, pick up PJ Tucker. I think PJ Tucker, you know, has been on, um, really great teams over the years. I think he's just a culture guy. And I think, you know, I'm going to be real. Like, I think the Sixers kind of displayed a level of like finesse and softness that honestly isn't enough to win championships. You need some like smash, a smash mouth person that's willing to guard the best player on the other team um that's willing to get in people's faces if they feel like they're not doing if they're not being held accountable um and you know pj tucker just has just always happens to find himself in situations where he's either on you know a team that's deep into the playoffs or a team that's winning the championship so uh i feel like pj tucker that that signing you know like Kind of like you mentioned, you know, James Harden uh, taking less money so we can bring in a vet like P.J. Tucker uh, just lets me know that, like, you know, at least our heads are in the right place going into this year. And, you know, because of the deal that he took, I'm also looking forward to other deals that can be made as we progress throughout the season to strengthen our bench. Um, the other, you know, there's some really great just like uh, I don't know about championship contenders, but, you know, I saw some moves from like young teams that I really thought would be really good. Um, for the team in the long term, they saw, I see my, they gave my boy Luke Dirt uh, and a, a, a contract extension. Uh, I was really happy for him, you know. Like I feel like Luke Dirt really rose to prominence when CP3 was there, uh, and kind of just seeing how he was always taking on the responsibility of guarding the tough defenders, taking uh, huge shots, never afraid of the moment. Um, and I think he signed like a five-year, eighty-seven million dollar contract extension with the Thunder to pair that with you know Chet. Um, to pay that with all the great talent that they have, like I'm really excited to see how the Thunder um, kind of progress this year. I'm not predicting playoffs, but you know I wouldn't be surprised if you know if they they played well enough to be in consideration for the playing tournament. And I think that's huge strides considering the fact that it's kind of been like irrelevant since CP3 that one year that CP3 was there, and outside of the, all the different years with with um with KD uh, and Westbrook, obviously. I really like the fact that Detroit really signed Marvin Bagley. Uh, you know, I know they traded for him last offseason. And, you know, to pair him, you know, trying to find a home um, in Detroit with, you know, Cade and uh, all the great talent that they have in Detroit. You know, I think the Detroit has a really nice young core nucleus that I'm really excited to see kind of just live out, live up to their expectations um, and kind of just see moving forward. I'd like to respond to Johnny. Um, I think, you know, um, I, I hear, I hear what he's saying when it comes to, uh, a lot of the different, um, a lot of the different, uh, circumstances that went into Jalen Brunson, um, kind of joining the Knicks. But, uh, and I'm not, I don't think he, I don't think Johnny was saying that, like, you know, it's a bad pickup per se. Um, but, you know, I think it's a great pickup, honestly, for a team that, like, 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 uh, 
you know, Lodge had mentioned before, like haven't had they haven't had an all star guard since Mark Jackson. They haven't had an all star uh point guard since Mark Jackson. And they haven't had like an all star guard uh I think since uh Allen Houston, um like Lodge was saying. So Yeah, think, unless John Starks made it, but you're right, yeah, unless John Starks might have snuck in there. I don't think he did though. Yeah, I don't think yeah, I don't think I I I, I I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure. I got. I would have to look into John John Starks' history. Um, but I think that, you know, I think overall it was a really good pickup. And I think you know, like I'm biased because I went to the same school that uh, that uh, Brunson did. But like, I just know that Brunson is like really just like commands a team and knows how to command a huddle and command a franchise. And even as Luca's number two in certain instances throughout the course of last season, we saw what he could do with the ball in his hands. And I think that the, 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 in a, in a culture like New York where everybody is so quick to go to the media or media scrutinizing your every move, sometimes you just need a calm presence that knows how to make the right play with the ball in his hand. And like, I understand that the Knicks pay overpaid for a point guard, but when your last point guard to make a all-star game is Mark Jackson, the dude that may be calling games for the the Knicks at certain points throughout the season, I think it's time to, you know, put your money where your mouth is. And in regards to, you know, them hiring Jalen Brunson's dad to to coach on the team, if you look into Jalen Brunson's dad's history with uh the head coach, I'm I'm blanking on the head coach's name right now. Um they he's actually been on every he's actually been uh an assistant coach on every team that uh that head coach has been on um throughout the years. He was on the with the the Knicks, uh, Knicks, Bulls, I think even in Minnesota, he, uh, Jalen Brunson, uh, dad was on, was a, uh, an assistant coach on that team as well. So, uh, it's, uh, it's, it, it I know it, it, Tom Thibodeau. So for Tom Thibodeau, like Tom Thibodeau and, and Jalen Brunson's dad go way back. So, and he's been on every, he's been an assistant coach on almost every team that Tom Thibodeau has been a head coach for, uh, if not every, co- every, every location. So I know it looks skeptic. I know it looks kind of skeptical or it kind of looks, uh, off-putting from the, from like, from, uh, like a different lens, a different view, but I'm not as shocked at the decision considering the fact of the mediocrity that Knicks, I think Knicks need a culture change. And I think that we're, while they overpaid for the player, you can't overpay for the culture that I know that he has the capability of providing to a locker room. So I'm looking forward to, to him proving them wrong. All right. I mean, well said, well said, bro. I respect that. Well said. First, bro, appreciate it. Well said. A little bit of Knicks, uh, <laughs> critical, true, uh, lodge. Uh, you know, want to swing it to you. I mean, listen, man. I mean, let's talk about some of the signings that you you wanted it to happen, but you, uh, it hasn't been done yet, and you kind of still have some kind of hope in terms of those signings being able to uh, to go through. But which team, in your opinion, you felt like strengthened themselves overall through the free agency so far as of today? And which team so far disappointed you, whether in terms of not being aggressive in the market, not looking for trades to improve their roster, or, you know, uh, just give me your thoughts on that, Lodge. I'm going to keep it short and sweet with my dis- disappointment, and I'm going to just make it my squad strictly because, one, the amount of moves and the amount of time spent on acquiring Jalen Brunson was god awful to only only have him and Hartenstein to be our new new signings for the for the for the off season. Um, it also makes me want to build a time machine and go back and hop in the GM office and tell them the trade for yeah, Jajan. <laughs> 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 for I don't like that tandem better than Jalen Brunson and Dejounte Mary. specifically because that gives us three guards on the on, on the in the front court in the back court. That don't play defense with Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, and RJ Barrett. And like, despite RJ Barrett not being like horrible on defense, he isn't anything to really like call home about. You're not really pre-gaming for him. So I just feel like DeJounte Murray, him just being able to one, facilitate for others and clearly being able to show he can score for himself and then be a, to me, a first team all defensive guard year in and year out. I feel like that would have been perfect, but Atlanta swiped that. From us, and I'm honestly, I think I got a couple bags set up for them for a trip over there. So we'll see. Knicks are on thin right now. <laughs> but I'm more positive. 
I'm really hyped. I, well, actually, no, 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 no. Actually, before this, this isn't really negative, but it was kind of awkward. But again, the DeAndre Ayton thing, mm. uh, it, it really, it kind of, it's kind of bothering me because I feel like, in a way, like it felt like he was forced to do this, and he just got to sit foot until until further notice type time, like because it was just a month ago when when Monty Williams was basically coming coming like pretty much he's done with him, like he just he be ready to put him out the house. And now all of a sudden he allowed to stay home and work things out, and it just feel like he should have just left like when he had the chance. But hopefully he gets he gets traded like Kyrie said. But I think he can't get traded till January. Hopefully by then something will end up breaking through and he gets traded somewhere. Hopefully we can get him. You know we can get rid of Julius Randle. That's another thing I'm pissed off about that he's still on. <laughs> I don't even want him playing off ball. Nothing. I want him off the team. Period. Off the team. All right. Okay. <laughs> Right. He's gonna shoot it, and he doesn't care what you think. He's still gonna shoot it. Yeah, and the man copped that award and that bread, and and and, and never looked back. He ain't do nothing. Back <laughs> <laughs> to this is still negative because I do want to talk about Dejounte Murray to Atlanta. Uh, it's gonna be disgusting over there. I mean, I think they're again another top five team. I believe they had a, they had a little bit of trouble last year, so they ended up having to be in the plan. But I feel like they'll be back to a top five, top four team with this signing. They lost Gallinari, but I feel like the the I wouldn't say the explosion quite yet, but the brewing of an explosion of DeAndre Hunter towards the end of last season. He looked great with him being able to create his own shot, shoot the three ball well, and be that de- lengthy defender that they need on the court. Um. Them trading John Collins, uh, this that still might be on the table. I don't see for who, or as, but with or without them, I still trust them because uh, they have Quinklin Capella. I feel like he's an easy playoff, like little security blanket for pick and rolls on both sides of the football. Um, the Clippers, all I'm gonna say is, to me, that roster is a top three team in the West, and if they don't end up being a top three team, I feel like. It is going to be a typical Clippers ending of a season, and that's going to be very Yeah, I had him at top five. You're saying three? I had him at top five somewhere. I didn't know exactly where. I have Norman Powell, Robert Covington, Nick Batum. B.J. Boston's looking crazy. They got um, Trey Mann still, or Terrence Mann, I'm sorry. They have Zubac. They have a loaded playoff team full of vets and young guys that, that can go. I feel like as far as the only people I can see them not being better than is the Golden State Warriors and maybe the Grizzlies and the Nuggets. But I, I'm still even to me the they should clean the Grizzlies to be honest with you. But I, I don't even feel over like the Suns too. The Suns they they they're a good season team. They're a very good love, regular season team. As much as much as I love CP. My, my my man's is, is getting old and dried out. They they, they got to change something, but I don't think they changed enough for them to be bounced back. <laughs> hey man, I mean, listen, he called him a raisin. <laughs> I mean, that's the first for me. You learn something new every day. But to the Lakers, they still got Russell on his team, and it's looking dark. And I don't think Kyrie and their in their free agency they didn't really do anything. Like they better hope they signed Mac McClung and 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 and, and <laughs> young pieces or something because they barely could draft. I mean they got Max Christie, but it's not looking good for them. Um, can't think of anything else. Oh, well if the oh yeah so um. I'm going to just put this out now. Donovan Mitchell don't go to the Knicks. I'm sliding to Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, man. Can they afford them? Who? Who? We, us? Yeah. I mean, we got, like, six first-round picks and, like, three big contracts. Oh, oh he got that in the tuck. That'll work. All right, there you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you got Julius Randle contract. You got Fournier contract. We got Toppin. If they if they bring in back Clarkson, then they they can have RJ or something. Uh, I ain't even I ain't even gonna cap. I'll take Jordan Clarkson. Take back Jordan Clarkson. Huh. I mean, I. So what what are you guys looking to do with Cam Reddish? What's the situation with that? I, I I'm really so, sure what what you guys got going on with that. 
it was dead to me for that situation because I don't know why he 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 trying like shicey with him for it. I don't get it. Like I don't get what like what Cam do to him for him not to get. Like, yeah, I feel like he still needs to prove his words. That's like, he, oh my god, what do you? He doesn't have anything to prove. You go let him on the court. That is true. Like we're like you can't do that. Like everybody gonna look like Braun in practice, bro. Let him play. <laughs> on the court. Like come on, like it ain't nothing to it. Is he talking about practice? What are you talking about the game? You talking about practice, all right? Probably silly, most iconic moment. <laughs> most, I- <laughs> all right, but Tyree, I want to swing it to you since, uh, listen, we we talked about some of this, uh, the free agent signings and the moves that was done. But let's talk about some of the guys that, that are like requesting trades. I mean, Kevin Durant, uh, he wants to leave Brooklyn. Which kind of spurred on that, uh, it's gonna be, and I could say, I'm sure all you guys can constantly say, what Kevin Durant did sparked some major change in the next CBA, uh, agreement when they come down and, uh, discuss some new, you know, rules, et cetera, et cetera, because, you know, players maybe have a little bit too much power, or I would say some players are just absolutely abusing that power. Uh, I mean, Kevin Durant signed a four-year contract. Uh, he's, he only played, what, two and a half years, maybe? Uh, I don't know if you guys can tell me if that's any less, but he's only played for two years, I bet. Kyrie Irving wants to leave because he doesn't want to be stranded by himself with just Ben Simmons. Uh, just give me your thoughts on that about Kevin Durant. You guys can chime in, uh, but I want to swing it to Kyrie first. Just what's your thoughts on Kevin Durant? And if Brooklyn does decide to move him, uh, which team do you think, you know, he should go to? He said he... Preferably, sources have claimed that Suns are the top destination. What do you think about that, and what team would you think would be the best fit for him? I mean, me personally, where do I want to start? Well, for one, I don't think I don't think Kevin Durant is. Go- I think Kevin Durant is going to be in Brooklyn come training camp. That I can say for right now, simply because I don't feel like any teams have what Brooklyn's looking for. As far as collateral for a guy like Kevin Durant, um, you see what they what they I feel like I think it was a counter offer to to Minnesota. They wanted for Kevin Durant. They wanted Anthony Edwards, Carl Towns, and I think like four first round picks or something like that. And it's like it, there's and not to say Minnesota's the like the most talented team, but Minnesota's got the got a nice squad. I don't see how you go around to other teams in the league that have better squads or that have better pieces than a team like Minnesota and maybe not as much draft capital and expect something similar in collateral for Kevin Durant. I think the Nets are going to have to ease up on what they're expecting back for him. Yes, Kevin Durant is a generational talent. He's probably the best scorer I've ever seen touch a basketball with my own eyes. Um, And, a top two, top three player in the league right now, but we got to remember he's 34, and he's not he's not too far removed from an Achilles injury. He's missed games these past couple of seasons as well after that injury. So you got to you got to understand what you're getting when you're getting a guy like Kevin Durant when it comes to that age. So, I, like I said, I think Brooklyn's got to ease up on what they're expecting. Uh, yeah, I know they're, they're going to want draft picks, you're going to want young pieces, but. They, they, I think they're going to come, have to come to the conclusion that they're not going to be pieces per se that are help, going to help them compete for a championship right now like a guy like Kevin Durant would if he was still on that team. So that's what I feel like with, with – that's how I feel about his trade speculation. But as far as the team, I would like to see him go. I I played around with the thought of – it was I, I think it was, it was one it was one rumor I've seen uh, – the Boston Celtics possibly trying to trade for him, and I would assume it'd probably be for a guy like Jalen Brown and some other pieces. And I and granted, it'd be another weak move by Kevin Durant. He's going to a team that just sweeped him in the playoffs, and he failed to show up, and that team just looked like an absolute unit out there against him. But I just feel like I I, I can't help but want to see. Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant play together. I don't care who's point guard. Yeah, they got they got Malcolm Brogdon in free agency. That was another underrated move we didn't we didn't uh that we didn't mention. That was a that was a great move by Boston. They also got Dan, uh Danilo Gallinari from uh from Atlanta being that via the San Antonio trade. So uh, yeah, I that, that, wanted that, to bring up Malcolm Brogdon. 
that that was just a team off rip. I would love to see Kevin Durant if he were to leave, which I don't think is going to happen. Celtics, I just feel like that'd be I just feel like that'd be fun to see. So they giving up. So I'm assuming they're giving up Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and uh, would it be for Tatum? It just be it would just be for Brown and some other pieces. Brown enough? I don't know. If I'm giving you KD. I, Hey, Taylor Brown's a 20 plus point per game scorer himself, and has been an all star. He doesn't have near the resume as Kevin Durant, but he's a he, he's a young up and coming player. Put him and Ben Simmons together. If he's to his own team alongside, like with a Ben Simmons. I think he flourishes in Brooklyn. I don't see why not. Oh, no, I think he does because that'll be on him. The ball will be absolutely in his hands. He'll most likely dominate. But uh, that dominating, what does that lead in terms of transition to playoff wins? Does that lead make them a better contender for the playoffs to compete for the championship? Well, I mean, you know, when you're doing a trade like this, it's got to be something that benefits the team. You know, it's got to benefit the Brooklyn Nets because they're trading away their best player. Plus, Kyrie's kind of being coined as like a package deal. Wherever KD wants to go, he kind of wants to bring Kyrie with him. I don't think so, that's happening either, though. I don't think that's happening either. I don't think that's happening either. Okay. I don't, I don't think that's happening. And I, I think come training camp, Kyrie's going to be in a Brooklyn uniform as well. I don't. Uh, again, having the the uh, again the collateral that they're expecting for these guys, given the now I want to I don't want to say issues as far as Kevin Durant, but the issues on Kyrie's end where you're going to have to pay this guy sometime down the line. You don't know if he's going to play even thirty, forty games for you. And you know, in those thirty, forty games, he's going to he's he's going to play well. He's going to put up numbers, and you guys are most likely going to win. But there's a disconnect with that when it comes to team chemistry and it, and the team having a rhythm and the team having a flow when it comes to road trips and stuff like that. When your guy's not available and your guy just he, he's just just sitting on the bench out the blue, it's, it's kind of hard to react to that. And Brooklyn was lucky enough to have the talent to kind of compensate with that. But it, it's not to say other teams don't. Or after after a trade for Kyrie Irving, it's not to say other teams will have that that kind of talent to compensate with that. So that's something else you got to take into mind. When you're, when you're bringing a guy like Kyrie on, and Brooklyn has to know that teams know this, that teams are are, are thinking about this when they're thinking about trading for Kyrie, or when they're thinking about trading for Kevin Durant, and, his, and they're taking him on at 34 years old. They they have these things in their mind, and not and they're not going to give up all their young assets that could potentially help them win further down the line for their baggage. And 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 yeah, no, I just don't see I just don't see it happening. And no time in the near future, I should say, I don't see it happening. All right. Well, I mean, when you make strong statements like that, I mean, that's pretty plausible and it's fair. I mean, if you don't think that's the case, then, you know, and like I said, you make some strong statements. I mean, Johnny, I want to swing it to you. Uh, and plus, Kyrie had mentioned Malcolm Brogdon to the Celtics, which, I, you know, definitely didn't forget that. I also love that for them. I think that was what was holding them back. They didn't have a, a quality start, not star guard, but serviceable guard of Malcolm Brogdon. He's the guy's gonna get you seventeen, eight assists, probably give you seven, six boards with that too. Shoot pretty well, decently enough. Uh putting that aside, what's your what's your thoughts about, you know, Kevin Durant making a trade request and also what which player would you like to see him go to a different team that you think in your opinion would maximize their best chance in order to compete for a title in their career? Get him out our division. I'm sick of Durant as a Sixers fan. Get him away from us. But uh, <laughs> but as a as a basketball analyst, as we are fellas, um, I I'm coming to the conclusion that he he might not go anywhere, man. Like like it was mentioned before, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, Carl Anthony Towns for Durant and and a bunch of other. I think of uh, draft picks and as well. But anyway, just those two players alone. I think that's the best offer that Brooklyn possibly would have gotten. And if they're not going to pull the trigger on that, then they're probably either holding out and hoping Kyrie stays. But I, I, I got, I mean, honestly, either Durant stays for me or he holds out and he doesn't come to training camp. And I think that depends on what they do with Kyrie. But I know it was small rumors of him maybe looking at Phoenix, but after DeAndre Ayton went back to them, I don't know if they, can really fix that to acquire it. I mean, maybe there's still a deal a deal out there after like now that even though Aiden's resigned, maybe they can still make a deal, but I don't know. Uh maybe like I think the Suns have like four unprotected first round picks. 
Uh, they might have to give those up, and if they're not willing to give those up, I don't see a deal happening. But I, 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 I'm not sure. I, I got him down for re-signing, or I got him down for holding out. I can see him holding out, but that base that's based off off Kyrie. But I do want to mention. I do want to talk about the trade request. Um, that's very intriguing to me. He, man, Adam Silver. He, he, he really made him mad, and it's it's funny the timing that he's. I, I, I kind of looked at it like it's kind of like a video game, but this dude is just like it seems like if you're a certain type of superstar, you can just do what you want, not to an extent, but as far as just trade requests and just opt out whenever you feel like it, and teams will just you know work with you on that. I think I think he picked the wrong time to do it. Um, I believe December fifteenth of this year, the NBA and the Players Association. They got the option. They have the option to opt out of the league's current uh, collective bargain agreement. Um, they have until December fifteenth to do so, and if they do so, they'll have to renegotiate for the next year. And Durant um, with these trade requests, and I, I, it really made Adams, uh, Commissioner Adam Silver, mad. Um, he's just trying to say. I think I had a quote from him. What was this from? Uh, I think it was from ESPN. It said from Adam Silver, uh, and I quote, look, this needs to be a two-way street. Teams provide enormous security and guarantees to, to the players, and the expectation is the return that they'll meet at the end of their bargain. I'm realistic that there's always conversations that are going on behind closed doors between players and representatives of the teams, but we don't like to see players requesting trades, and we don't like to see it playing out the way it is, unquote, end quote. That was from the uh, commissioner of the service, so I think he did stir the pot a little bit, as far as like, if you want to get into the politics of the NBA, and I think that's the league we live in now, is is more politics than 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 the actual game, in my personal opinion. But um, as far as those potential teams, I think Kevin Durant resigns. But at the same time, I think he did stir the pot with these multiple trade requests. Oh, my mic was on mute. My bad. So, Lodge, and that was some great points that you give out, Johnny. And, you know, like I said, maybe Kevin Durant doesn't leave. I don't think he should leave because, you know, at this point, you know, he, he owes the Nets too much, whether people want to accept that or not. He really does. So, you know, I think him toughing it out there with Kyrie and Ben Simmons, hey, you could probably bring some unexpected, you know, miracles that could possibly happen with that team. But I want to swing it to Lodge and then before we dive into the last topic of this episode. Lodge, just give me your thoughts on, uh, you know, Kevin Durant wanting to trade and, and what players who you think should also be traded to uh, another organization which that will maximize their best chance to get their title in their career and also help the title uh, re, uh, being brought over to the organization themselves. Listen, they can have Julius Randle. RJ Barrett, five of them first round picks. Wow. He's popping all that. Wow. Yeah, if you want to. You don't even gotta pack his bags. Shoot, that's more than that's more than the Suns. They got five first rounds, Suns got four, I think. <laughs> we got about seven of them joints. We got about seven. <laughs> anyway. Um, as far as K D I mean, it's to be expected, consider what ended up happening. I think what really stemmed on it was the Nets weren't going to plan on signing Kyrie on a long-term contract, which he was pushing for, which pretty much persuaded him to just say if he can't play with his boy long-term here, then he might as well just find somewhere else to go. Um, now, him requesting change to the specific teams he went to, I mean, obviously they're going to be like top three teams in either conference. I mean, unfortunately, does it look good? No, absolutely not. But I mean, he done it before. I mean, put him past him for doing. Put it past him for doing it again. Um, yeah, that's all I really got to say about it. Um, what team would I see like him seeing go? Like I said, I got a whole package ready for him. <laughs> hey man! <laughs> all right, listen. All right, so we're gonna move up to the last topic. Some that you guys probably wasn't uh, expecting, but, you know, some that I've been seeing around. I see a few debates going around between this. The 2017 Warriors versus the 2001 Lakers, seven-game series. 
who are you rocking with to win out and come out on top of this matchup? Definitely, I, I want to swing it to uh, Kyrie first. Talk to me, Kyrie. Who, who are you rocking with? Seven game series, 2017 Lakers, 01, uh, 2017 Warriors, 01 Lakers. Who are you going with? Um, Warriors, I'm going to leave it at that. I feel like Shaq is going to be a lot to handle, but I feel like I, I've seen the Warriors do it all at this point. <laughs> all, right. all right. All right. I mean, uh, Johnny, who are you going with? I'm not going to lie, man. 0-1 Lakers, dude. If I mean, if you if, first of all, bias, but mm. if you beat the Sixers, then, yeah, you're the best. But at the same time, no, just off of off of realist, dude, they got wing defenders for the twenty for the twenty seventeen Warriors. I think what Robert Ory, Devin George, Brian Shaw, Rick Fox, low key Derek Fisher could lock up too. It would have been tough. Mm. And I think at the end of the day, Shaq dominates, bro. I think at the end of the day and, I, and all respect to Kobe. All respect to Kobe. Starting at the Kevin end of the day, Shaq dominates that. Who on that wing starting Kevin Durant? <laughs> Ooh. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I'm scared to say Brian Shaw. I think that was their best wing defender they had. I'm scared to say Brian Shaw. Uh, no. I'm scared. I mean, you going to pick Rick Fox on him? Who's guarding Steph Curry? Yeah, you going to have Kobe out. You have a young Kobe I mean, they're going to put Derek Fisher on Steph. Oh, for sure. Derek Fisher going to tag Steph. Derek Fisher going to tag Steph. He was a dog a little bit. Kobe can't guard Steph, though. Rather. I mean, no, Kobe going to play. Steph going toe-to-toe with Kyrie Irving. Steph's gone toe to toe in the finals with Kyrie Irving. Do you think he's worried about Derek Fisher? <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, oh my God, well, all right, it depends on the oh. refs because what refs we talking? We talking old one refs, or we talking twenty seventeen refs? Because hey, Draymond would either one. Yeah, Lakers. I mean, I'm not worried. Lake Thompson with either one. I'm not worried. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, Johnny did make yeah. point. What I'm scared rules, of Shaq. I'm, what, what rules I'm are we Shaq. playing? Take are we are we playing by this era's rules? Or are we playing by the early two thousand rules? Which era are we playing? Because Shaq Shaq will get six fouls by the third quarter based off. <laughs> he would in this era, but what about this the early two thousand eras? What happened, Lodge? Kyrie, but I said he's gonna miss with with today's refs. He's gonna get to the free throw line six times and miss all his free throws too. So they ain't they ain't gonna they ain't gonna help either. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I, I take the twenty seventeen Warriors. I'm I, I rest my case. Twenty seventeen Warriors, Daddy. Oh, I, I tell you one thing. I tell you one thing for sure. Two things for certain. Uh, uh, Draymond and Shaq are going go, are going to go at it like Barkley and Shaq. Draymond going to throw throw the ball. Well, I, I definitely think Shaq twice. <laughs> they both get ejected at least twice. They go a rumble. Hey yo, that's for sure. Like, but I, I definitely got Shaq dominating Draymond though. And Shaq and Draymond inside that post, Shaq's giving Draymond like the runaround from the quarter to quarter four. So to the fourth quarter. So I really don't see that even being a competition, in my opinion. But who guards Steph Curry? I mean, they was running too. They had Javale. Even though you, I mean, you know that big fun of me, I'm not coming like Javale going shut him down. But like, that's a big. You had a young Kevin Looney out there. Like, well, I mean, they, not, I think, I, okay. So nobody on their front court team from the Warriors side is competing with Chad. That's understandable. But you could throw bodies around them and get them tired. So. That's one of the things to counteract that, uh, the counteract Shaq. Uh, Kobe guarding stuff. Who guards Clay Thompson? You, you, you can't tell me Derek Fisher. You can't tell me, I mean, what you want to say, Rick Fox? Yeah, that's why you gotta put, that's why you gotta Rick put Fox? Kobe on, on Clay. You gotta put Kobe on Clay so Derek Fisher can dog out stuff. Yeah. Yeah. might get cooked. Lakers might get cut. Johnny, they had it. They had a young Iggy. Young Iggy. Wow. Just, uh, we we need. All right, we listen. We need one breath from each. How many refs is on the court? We need one breath from one era and one breath from the 2017 era, like from each, oh. and then that'll even it out. It don't matter. It don't matter. It don't matter. It don't matter. 
It's like, so the Warriors are going to beat it from the outside. The, 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 yeah. all them defenders the never ultimate land. equalizer. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. They never seen an offense like that. They 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 going they never ran like that before. They ain't like, bro. They gonna be done by game three. They'll be done by game because I feel like the stamina and endurance is definitely because the athletes now is on a whole different level. Right. to the athletes back in old, but but I feel like who's more skilled? I mean, it's the Warriors. What do you mean? You you yeah, it is the Warriors. Warriors are more skilled. Warriors. I will agree with that. You gotta come on, man. What era are we talking? Well, Warriors are more skilled. But I feel like, but Lodge, Lodge, in his defense, I really feel like the era, the era that we're playing in makes a big difference, in my opinion. Because if we're playing by 01, early 2000 rules, I think the Lakers get a slight edge. A slight talk. edge. Because the foul calls aren't, aren't as like crazy and loose as it is now. We talk about foul calls. Volume that they shoot threes. No, no, but I'm, I'm with the Warriors beating the Lakers, though. But I feel like it's all about the preference of rules and everything that comes into it. So it's like, I have Warriors beating the Lakers, though. 17 Warriors beating the Lakers. Because I just don't see anyone. Because someone has to guard one of the big three. Two out of the three isn't cutting it. You got to have that third person guarding oh, it. Sorry. Crazy. What'd you say, Lodge? All three of them going crazy. All three of them is pretty much going crazy. Johnny boy, all right, but that what was how many games? That? Last question, how many games? Cause y'all only how many games then? They ain't sweeping. Like seven think, games. Who said se- how many games? It's like a seven game series. All right, now. okay, I'll be, all right. I go like five. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, legal. Yeah, I certainly think it's a seven game series. I don't it, six games is no less than six. Highest is maximum seven. Alright, but that concludes episode 67 of the Restricted Zone Podcast. want to give a big shout-out and thank you to my fellow co-hosts, Johnny, Kyrie, Lodge, and Greg. Appreciate every single one of you guys. Really appreciate you guys coming aboard. Uh, I want to thank the fans that uh, faithfully tune in to each episode we do in. We really appreciate it, and hopefully you enjoy this episode as much as we enjoyed uh, recording it. You can also follow us on Instagram at Restricted Zone Pod. You can follow us on Instagram individually. It'll be inside the description below in the links. You can also follow us on all streaming platforms, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. We are on every streaming platform. We are free. You don't got to pay a penny. And definitely check us out. Support us. Share uh, share the episodes with your friends. We really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, and hopefully you guys enjoy the rest of your week. And have a great day, everybody.